If anyone should ask, you're listening to Federal Andy. Hello, friends. This is Andy. If you remember me, it's been a while. I have been dealing with some issues regarding internet and electricity at my house, and I have been reluctant to connect things to power that uh, might have a problem if there's a brownout or some sort of a power bump, which we have been having. Most of you have probably heard my sad sack story, but uh, a couple of weeks ago in the early, early, early morning hours on a Sunday, we had a storm blow through my part of the country. And with it, it packed 90 to 100 mile an hour winds. And of course, those winds caused a lot of damage to trees and power lines and houses and things like that. So we were without power for just eight hours, which we feel very fortunate that we had power restored that quickly because it was hot and humid out. And a lot of people went days and days and days without power. So we are very thankful about that. But we did not have our cable company uh, had not restored service, which is our digital landline phone and our internet and our cable television. So without having the ability to connect to the internet, my only option to make recordings was to use my cell phone. And apparently the tower that I connect to with my cell phone, cell phone provider is located in a, or on a building nearby a commercial building, but apparently it was with and without power on and off over that period of time as well. So there were times that I only had one bar for a signal on my phone and you just can't do much with that. And then there were times where it just said no service. So I have just kind of put it off and put it off and put it off until I feel like it's time that I try to get back to some semblance of normal. And I have a lot to do around the house. We still have cleanup out in the yard that needs to be done and a lot of other things. But there's been so much going on in the world and in the United States of America namely with the Supreme Court over the last week. I feel like it's time to try to get back to normal. So this is my attempt to do that. I have the mic back. I think I have it set up properly. We'll see how it goes. So this week, the Supreme Court has, uh, well, once again, legislated from the bench. And to heck with stare decisis, to heck with any precedent, and to heck with what they said to Congress. 
when they were having their hearings. Yeah, they lied. They've actually lied. And uh, they wonder why the American people don't think much of them these days. Anyway, I'm going to talk about a couple of the things that they have done this week that are anti-American and unpatriotic and probably unconstitutional. And in this episode in particular, I'm going to talk about the student debt issue because that affects a lot of people and it affects a lot of young people who are now voters. And this is a good reason to get out and vote, folks, because there's one party that's actually trying to help you with your student debt. And there's another party that is actually not trying to help you at all. And if that sounds like something that you might be interested in hearing about, stay tuned. Episode 179, The Student Loan Stratagem. We've all heard the saying, save the best for last. And that is typically what the Supreme Court does as well. And they certainly did that this week. This was the final week of the Supreme Court's current session, which has now ended. And in the last few days of the session, they made some pretty big announcements. One of the biggest announcements is that uh, racial diversity in college admissions is now a thing of the past, apparently. Apparently, racism doesn't exist, according to the Supreme Court, and that we no longer need affirmative action to make sure that minorities have an equal opportunity to become students at a particular university. And one that seems kind of unbelievable because it was basically pulled out of the air, (laughs) Uh, was a religious liberty issue when a website designer who had not actually been asked to design a website for a same-sex couple took action by going to the Supreme Court to make sure that if a same-sex couple ever approached her to design a website for their wedding or something like that, she would have the right to legally refuse them. And the, yeah, Supreme Courts usually take up cases that exist This was just basically an imaginary situation. This was Alice in Wonderland. And it kind of sounds like discrimination, doesn't it? When you pick out a particular group of people and say, I don't want to 
serve them. I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to do business with them. Doesn't that sound like discrimination? Yeah, it does. And uh, so apparently that's okay with the Supreme Court now. And if uh, people think that that's where it's going to end, you are so wrong. Because this is going to open up Pandora's box and there are going to be all kinds of businesses now saying, well, you know what? I don't think I want any Jewish people shopping in my store. Or I really don't want black people eating here. Or maybe they'll put them at, in a little room at the back, you know, separate but equal. And so we're going to have problems because of this, obviously. And they decided also, the Supreme Court did on their final week, that uh, Biden's plan to help students with their school debt, their college debt, uh, would to, to help them re relieve them of some of that debt, uh, they decided that, uh, you know, no, too bad, too bad. Let's just stick it to young Americans who are trying to have a life now and pay their bills. And it's set up not for them to succeed, but it's actually set up for them to fail. And uh, that's one of the things that I really want to talk about. So President Biden uh, announced the student loan forgiveness program last August. And the, the, the concept was that borrowers would have up to $20,000 in federal student debt relieved from what they owed. This didn't really affect people who borrowed from a private institution or anything like that. This is just uh, students who went to the federal government to get a federal student debt loan, you know, to, 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 to go to college. And this, this payments on student debt, they've been on pause because of the pandemic for obvious reasons. And they have been scheduled to restart several times and it's been delayed and because of the Supreme Court's decision, uh, a lot of people are going to have to find a way now to start making those debt payments again. Now, there's two sides to this, of course. You've got the folks, mostly folks on the right, saying, well, you know, I went to college and I paid off my student loans. Why should someone else have their debt be forgiven? They knew what the deal was. And then there's another side that says, yeah, you guys that went to college years and years or decades ago probably didn't have loans as high as what the kids, students today are having to pay. And just because you paid your debt off, why would you not want somebody else to have a helping hand? Mostly the Republicans in Congress, it seems like, are overwhelmingly against this because, you know, Republicans absolutely hate deadbeats. 
people who borrow money from the government and then they don't pay it back, that's just a bad thing, right? Although I should note that uh, you might remember there was this little program called PPP back during the pandemic that loaned money to businesses so that they would continue to keep their employees on salary. A lot of Republicans in Congress got money from that program. And guess what? They pretty much voted to not have to repay it. So a lot of Republicans like Kevin Hearn and Mark Wayne Mullen from Oklahoma and uh, what was it, Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee and Marge Taylor Green from Georgia, she got PPP money and they didn't have to pay it back. But that is okay with them. So what's good for me is not good for thee, apparently. So this news, of course, was not looked upon favorably by most people who have student debt. And after this uh, decision came out on Friday, President Biden said that uh, his administration is going to look at other pathways to help provide some debt relief for student loans. And uh, they're going to take a different route where it's apparently based on different laws than the now defunct student loan forgiveness program, uh, than, the law, than the laws that that particular program was linked to. And apparently the new pathway, the new uh, route that they're going to take, will require the Department of Education to undertake a formal rulemaking process, which can take, <laughs> can take a while. And um, no specific details have been released, but uh, so we don't know who exactly would benefit if uh, this particular process is successful. But Biden uh, did say that his administration is intending to take action to ease the transition period for borrowers when monthly student repayment, loan repayments um, resume this October. And he's calling it kind of an on-ramp period, which is supposed to help borrowers avoid penalties if they miss a payment during the first 12 months. So let's talk about this student loan thing, okay? First of all, the loans today that students are getting are huge. And I actually recall seeing someone post that they borrowed probably 20 years ago, $16,000 for college money. They needed to go to college. They, so they took out a, a, took out a loan. And ever since, they have been paying 200 some odd dollars a month, just, you know, religiously every month, 200 some odd dollars toward their student debt. And commented that after all these years, I think it was 20, it may not have been that long, but it's been a while, they now actually owe more than they originally borrowed. 
they said that they, I think they said that they now owe $20,000. And you might say, well, that just is ridiculous. How can that possibly be? Well, here's how it works. When you take out a loan, when you begin paying back that loan, the majority of your payment normally is going to pay interest. Okay, so if you take out a $16,000 loan, there's going to be interest on that loan. And when you start making payments, instead of saying, okay, well, if your payment's $200 a month, we're going to take $100 and apply it to the principal, and we're going to take $100 and apply it to interest. That would be 50-50. Well, they don't do that. It's more like we're going to take 190 and apply it toward interest and we'll apply $10 toward your principal. And I, that's, that's not an exact example, of course. It's just, it's just something I came up with. But over a period of time, as the loan the, begins, as the principal does begin to get paid down, it moves more toward you're paying more toward principal and less toward interest. But what it does is it makes sure that the financial institution gets their money first up front. So you're paying against the interest and the principal isn't coming down, which means the interest you're paying isn't coming down much either because that's based on what the balance is uh, on the principal of your loan. So really the banks, the, the lending institutions have already made a pretty nice profit within just a few years of paying on these loans. And it just doesn't seem fair, does it? So what Biden wanted to do is he thought if we take $20,000 off of everybody's debt that will pay down the principal and then their, you know, their payments will, will, will mean more. They'll, they'll be able to get it paid off or a lot of people that would pay off their loan probably. So you, the thing is, is the banks are making a fortune on this. The lending institutions are making a fortune. So why can we not pass legislation where on student loans, the interest has to be, oh, I don't know, equivalent to maybe what that institution is paying in interest to their customers for savings accounts and certificates of deposit, things like that. You know, the last few years, if you have had a savings account in one of the big banks, the amount of interest that you've earned has been like 0 0.2 or 0 0.1. And they say that that's a, you know, a high interest rate. I've seen the ads and you're like, what? It's going up for a lot of them now, but they're not paying hardly any interest. And, and that's, yeah, that's how they make money. They loan money out. 
they charge interest on it. And when you pay it off, then they've made a nice profit off of the fact that they loaned you money for a period of, of time. But if you put money in their institution in the form of a certificate of deposit, or if you have a money market account or savings account or whatever the heck it is, that money sits in their bank and they pay you a very small percentage compared to what you're paying them if you, for instance, have a credit card or a loan. And when you've got a situation where you have folks who are graduating from college and are just starting out in their lives, starting off is expensive. You've got to buy a car, or if you don't already have one, you, you got to make sure you have dependable transportation so that you uh, can make it to work. A lot of people would like to buy a house, but they're not able to do that because they've got these big student loan payments. And that impacts our economy. So why don't we make it easier for students to pay off their student loans. If we can't lower the amount that they owe, can't we somehow pass a law that on student loans, uh, banks have to apply a certain percentage of each payment to the principal so that the principal starts coming down? Once the principal comes down, interest will come down as well because there's not as much um, principal for the interest to, to be charged against. Anyway, it, it's set up. It's it's set up for uh, the benefit of the banks, and not for the benefit of the young Americans who are trying to get started with their careers and their lives and their families. And I think it's something that we need to address. And have you ever noticed that everything with financial institutions is set up so that if you put something on a credit card, like if you buy something at Amazon, that is charged against your card, or if it's a, if it's a debit card, it comes out of your bank account immediately almost. At least the bank, when they get notice from Amazon that you are going to spend this amount of money, I, I think the bank sends a little uh, acknowledgement back saying, yeah, this is okay you know, there's funds available or whatever. I don't know what the technical uh, terms are for that, but they will say, yeah, the money's here. And then usually the next day it uh, is no longer a pending transaction. It's a posted transaction and the money's actually taken out of your account. Even though the bank, when they get noticed that you're spending that money, they'll take it off your deposit. But then if you go back to return something, well, it doesn't happen quite that quick, they say. Oh, yeah, three to five business days. Well, the reason for that is because Amazon wants to keep that money in their bank account to earn interest or whatever for a couple of days before they do it. And I think that that needs to be addressed. I recently actually had to cancel an order on Amazon because it got lost in transit. It was one of those things where it uh, arrived in my city and it just kind of sat there for days. 
and Amazon said, oh, it looks like this is running late. It's now scheduled to be delivered on such and such a date. And you can go in and look at the um, updates and it's just sitting there. It's not going anywhere. So you know they've lost it or it's been smashed or whatever. And it finally got to the point where they couldn't even give me a date. They just said, uh, you know, we're going to try to get it to you as soon as possible or something like that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have to go buy this locally. And so I just canceled the order. And when I did, it showed on that particular item on my Amazon account that I had rejected delivery or refused delivery. And I thought, uh-uh, no, no, no. So I did one of those little things where, you know, you call, you tell Amazon, call me now. And uh, they did. The Amazon is actually very good about calling you when you ask to be called. At least in my experience, they've been good. And I told the girl what the, the deal was. And I said, it's been here since, it's been here for almost a week. But we have had storms, power's been out, maybe the facility where it's located doesn't have power and they can't get into it, or maybe they can't charge their electric vehicles, who knows. And I said, but it shows that I refused delivery and that is not true. It has not been delivered. So she said, well, we can place another order and send out another one but it's going to be like July something. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I said, I, I, I'll just, I'll have to get it locally. And she said, uh, do you want an Amazon gift certificate or do you want credit? And I said, just give me a credit back because I, I'm not sure when I'm going to buy from Amazon again, because honestly, I've kind of had some delivery problems like uh, the delivery people from Amazon, like walking across my yard and tromping through um, flower beds, smashing plants and shrubs and stuff. When I have left specific instructions that they are not to walk through the yard, I need to use the driveway. <laughs> but uh, I now have two dead uh, azaleas uh, bushes because uh, they've been walked on. So I'm not real happy with Amazon's delivery and there's been a lot of late deliveries lately too. So I'm not really sure what's going on with them. I don't really blame uh, the delivery people because I know it's a thankless job from what I understand. But anyway, uh, she said uh, it'll be three to five business days. You know, this should be, you know, posted back on your card. And I said, no, I said, I need it posted now. I said, uh, you know, when I buy something, you take it out immediately because I have the bank app on my phone and I can see that the money's already been marked for Amazon. I said, just put it back in there. She said she would try to see what she could do, and but she did because it showed up immediately as a pending transaction for credit. So they can do it. But uh, a lot of times if you don't tell them that's not acceptable to me or you know, you can add interest for three days or whatever. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with, uh, with this uh, student loan forgiveness. So um, I guess we will have to see. 
but student loan payments uh, are supposed to restart um, apparently in October. And um, the, um, uh, the deal is that people who had loans were not required to make payments on their federal student loans uh, going back uh, to March of 2020. And that's when Congress passed uh, a program uh, that offered some sweeping um, assistance for people struggling financially because, you know, of COVID-19. A lot of people weren't able to work and uh, a lot of businesses were basically shut down. And since that time, the pause has been extended eight times, both during the Trump administration and during the Biden administration. And there was a law that was passed in early June that also addressed uh, the debt ceiling and that prohibited another extension of the pause. So this is another example of Republican hatred toward the American people. They realize people are hurting. We hear about the economy and how horrible the economy is, even though in many cases, the facts show that the economy is pretty good for most people. It's actually very good, but the Republicans act like it's awful, but they don't want to do anything in this awful economy to help students with debt. So anyway, so the Biden administration has said now that it's going to provide a 12-month period. Uh, they called it like an on-ramp for borrowers who are re-entering the era of having to make payments on their student loans. And um, so, yeah, if you have a student loan uh, starting in October, you're going to have to start making payments again and interest will begin to accrue again because interest was put on hold during this time as well, from what I can tell. So, um, yeah, that's the situation with student um, debt. And it's not a pretty picture for people that uh, have uh, big loans that uh, they need to pay. If you have a lot of student debt and you're paying a high interest rate for it, there is, of course, the option of refinancing that debt and uh, trying to find a lower interest rate, which would uh, lower your payments and would allow you to pay off your interest a little, uh, uh, or actually pay off the principal, which would uh, eliminate some interest if you can pay it off early, of course. Um, and the lower you get your principal balance down, the lower your interest is going to be every month as well. So exactly what brought this whole thing before the Supreme Court? Well, it was a case known as Biden versus Nebraska. And in my opinion, I think that this was an extremely partisan, futile, ridiculous waste of time and 
utter nonsense, truly. And what has happened is it's rewriting a federal law that explicitly authorizes a loan forgiveness program and it relies on a legal doctrine that is basically fake, it doesn't exist, that is known as, quote, major questions, end quote, which isn't based on any law or any statute or um, anything in the Constitution. So, um, the loan forgiveness, the intent was that uh, Biden's program would have forgiven $10,000 worth of loans for most student borrowers. There are some exceptions. And if you had a Pell Grant recipient, which is like a federal program, uh, $20,000 in student loan debt would have been provided. And uh, that would have been a huge huge help to folks that are trying to get started uh, with their careers and maybe would like to buy a house or a condo or something like that. But thanks to the six to three vote on the Supreme Court, which was uh, 100% along party lines, that ain't going to happen. The uh, opinion was written by Chief Justice John Roberts, you know, the guy who... Um, felt like uh, we didn't need to preserve the Voting Rights Act because, well, the American people elected a black man to be the president. So, gosh, racism must not be a problem anymore, huh? So we can just do away with that. The same uh, Chief Justice who has a couple of members that we know of that are corrupt and are taking kickbacks and bribes from oligarchs and he's doing nothing about it. And uh, by the way, his wife, Chief Justice John Roberts' wife, has made millions, uh, basically, I think, peddling the fact that she's married to the Chief Justice on the Supreme Court. And of course, that's not an issue either. Uh, Justice Elena Kagan dissented on uh, behalf of the Democrats on the court. And um, back in 2003, a federal law that was known as the HEROES Act gave the Secretary of the Department of Education authority to, quote, waive or modify any statutory or regula regulatory provision applicable to the student financial assistance programs as the secretary deems necessary in connection with a war or other military operation or national emergency, end quote. Now, that, those words are um, fairly specific, but they definitely leave room for, um, expansion or interpretation as to what they actually mean, but I don't think that anybody could really argue that the worldwide COVID-19 pandemic was not 
a national emergency. We had millions and millions and millions of Americans uh, sickened by this pandemic, by this virus. And uh, of course, over a million have now died. So definitely a national emergency. And our economy was basically shut down for a year or little more than a year. But uh, I think that the COVID-19 pandemic definitely uh, meets the description of a national emergency. And uh, it says that the Secretary of the Department of Education can waive or change, modify um, these uh, student loan obligations as the secretary deems necessary. So uh, I would think the secretary of education could certainly say, uh, this is what needs to happen. <laughs> and that's probably um, where they're headed, I'm going to guess with this. Um, Congress, when they passed this HEROES Act back in 2003, very, very obviously gave authorization to the education secretary to modify or waive terms of these loans. And, uh, that can be seen as a uh, narrow thing, but that's a pretty important part of the education is uh, college and, and being able to uh, have a loan so that you can, can attend college. So that certainly falls underneath the Secretary of Education's responsibilities and authorizations. And the, the terms basically are quite explicit in saying that the secretary shall have the final word on uh, the scope of student loan relief within the context of a national emergency. So um, basically what Robert did with the uh, Biden versus Nebraska opinion is... <laughs> basically overruled the decision of both elected branches of government because the executive branch signed it and the legislative branch wrote the law and passed it. And so now we've got the Supreme Court legislating from the bench saying, oh, you know what? No, that's not right. So Congress gave this power to the Secretary of Education. It clearly says that. And uh, <laughs> Kagan responded in her dissent that the, uh, quote, the Secretary did only what Congress had told him he could, end quote. So we have a bill that was passed by both chambers, uh, both houses of Congress, both chambers of Congress, and was signed into law. 
by the president at the time, which of course um, um, makes it uh, a legitimate law. And now we've got uh, a Supreme Court that is highly partisan and doesn't seem to care about past decisions, doesn't seem to care about the fact that when the justices were being considered to sit on the bench for a lifetime appointment of the nation's highest court that maybe they needed to actually tell the truth to members of the Senate who were questioning them. Because we have several members on the Supreme Court right now, several justices who lied during their hearings, and some of them have actually kind of fessed up to it since. The nation's highest court, we have justices who have actually lied. Should that not be grounds for removal? If the American people are supposed to trust the decisions of these folks, um, knowing that they're liars, seems like a problem to me, especially when there are so many ethics issues surrounding so many of them. Now, the HEROES Act was actually enacted, uh, kind of the impetus for the, for the action was uh, the 9-11 attack on the World Trade Center. And that was to make sure that student borrowers who were impacted uh, by, quote, war or other military operation or national emergency are not placed in a worse position financially, end quote, because of that emergency. And it started off on a temporary basis just to kind of get us through, you know, the, the wars that we were lied into by the Bush administration in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, but uh, in 2007, Congress made that particular statute permanent because they realized that it would be good to have something like that in place in case that something else might happen, a national emergency regarding, oh, how about a worldwide pandemic that's killing millions and millions of people all over the world, huh? And it's highly contagious. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the secretary has the... Um, authority to waive or modify any provision of federal laws governing student loans. So it's pretty clear that the Supreme Court just completely disregarded the law. And it's, it's pretty obvious to me that uh, we have a problem with the Supreme Court right now. And I think most Americans realize that and agree with that. And I don't know what the solution is. Uh, I think one thing that we certainly need to do is we need to have Congress pass ethics rules and impose those rules on the Supreme Court justices. And they have the authority and the power granted to them by the Constitution of the United States of America to do that. 
Now, whether or not the Republicans are going to go along with that or not remains to be seen. And if they don't want to go along with it, the solution is people who are tired of things the way they are right now with the Republicans not really doing anything and wasting time and wasting money with all of this insane garbage that they're throwing out, you got to go vote in 2024 and you've got to vote all of the Republicans out of office and get some sane people in there. I'm not 100% for the Democrats, but there is one party that is trying to actually work for we the people, and it is not the Republican Party. So our only hope right now is the Democrats. And then once we get them in there, if we get enough of a margin in both houses where we can make changes, there's a lot of things they can do. They can then impose rules and ethics on the Supreme Court. They can also uh, take away the lifetime appointments and say, you know, we got to have some churn here. I think every president ought to have the opportunity to put someone on the Supreme Court. I really do. Um, we have 13 different districts uh, in uh, the federal court system in the United States. Typically, in the past, we've kind of had one justice assigned to each district. So whatever district they were assigned, that would be anything that was referred to the Supreme Court from that district would go to that particular justice. Well, we have nine justices now, so a couple of them are picking up extra work. It makes sense due to the population growth in our nation and the fact that we do have 13 separate districts, we ought to have 13 Supreme Court justices. And if we do that under a Democrat, we can unpack the court, which is definitely packed right now. And the Republicans are like, oh my gosh, the Democrats want to pack the court with a bunch of liberals. Well, that's exactly what the Republicans did. They packed the court with a bunch of lying, crazy, corrupt conservatives. Well, they call themselves conservative, but I've long said there's nothing conservative about Republicans today. They are off the charts insane, most of them. If you don't believe me, take a look at the uh, leading candidate to be uh, their nominee for the uh, presidency in 2024, Donald Trump. How many indictments has he been charged with now? He's been um, convicted by a jury of his peers uh, of sexual assault and uh, defamation. Is that the kind of person you want leading the country? All of you Republicans who are Christians and high values and high morals and, oh my gosh, I've got to protect my children against drag queens? Give me a break. The guy is a rapist. and He, he brags about grabbing women in areas where uh, he hasn't got any right to grab them. And he can do it because he's a celebrity. Really? The guy's already been president for four years. Did he keep any of his promises that he made? Said he was going to uh, build a wall. Did the wall get built? Not really. No. He did give himself a tax cut and ran up the debt. 
which the Republicans conveniently forgot when we had the debt ceiling controversy a couple of, uh, what, last month? Was it last? just last month? Was it the month before last? Jeez. Seems like forever ago, but I know it wasn't that long ago. But the debt that we've got is theirs. It's theirs. But they act like they had nothing to do with it. It's just like, oh, where did this come from? Look at what the Democrats have done. No, BS. It's Republicans. And they don't even own up to it. And they vote against things. And then when good things start happening in their districts, because the Democrats voted for these things to get them passed, they show up for the ribbon cutting ceremonies acting like, oh, you know, isn't this great? No, you didn't vote for it. And they are counting on their constituents not paying attention to that. So as some of these projects around the country get underway now, you're going to see Republicans, I've already seen them, posting on social media. Oh, you know, we're going to have uh, broadband in rural areas in wherever. That's like, dude, <laughs> you voted against it. You voted against it. I don't know. Why, 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 do, why do Republicans want people that are lying to them, people who are hypocrites, why do you want them representing you? you? You vote for crazy, insane people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Jewish space lasers person. Come on. You wonder why things aren't better? Republicans that live in red states that aren't doing well. Red states have the highest rates of crime, the highest rates of poverty. And you keep voting for the same people over and over and over and over again. Y'all are like junkies looking for a fix. And you can't even think straight. You just keep going back to the same source again and again and again. You vote these same people in. They don't do a darn thing for you. They tell you you need to be afraid of drag queens, though. And disregard the fact that more children are killed in this country with guns than anything else, but we're not going to touch guns. But we want to make sure that our children aren't upset about learning history because white people have not been so great to people with skin colors that aren't white over the years. Yeah, that might upset the little darlings. So we're going to just get it out of the books. We're going to ban books. We're going to have the uh, publishers rewrite, rewrite history so that people don't know uh, why things happened the way they did because we don't want the little darlings upset. But, you know, having a shooter come into their school with a semi-automatic weapon and blasting the faces off of uh, half a dozen or so of their classmates and have blood spattered all over them, well, that's not too upsetting. They'll get over it. Got to do that because we got to protect our freedoms. Freedom. Yeah. How free are you when you've got to constantly worry about whether or not your kids are going to come home from school or whether you're going to come home from your shopping outing or your movie? It's unreal. People have got to stop voting for the Republicans. 
that is, to me, the Republicans are no longer a political party. They are a cult and they must be killed off. And I don't mean kill as in murdered. The party needs to be disbanded. It needs to be relegated to history, burned down. And again, I'm not being literal here. I'm being figuratively. We've got to get the Republican Party. It's got to be gone. And then out of the ashes, maybe we'll start getting a few responsible people who perhaps have a little bit of an opposing view, but they're willing to work with Democrats and they're not going to be insane. You know, everybody has rights. Republicans are taking rights away from people. They've taken rights away from women to make their own health care choices. It's insane. Americans shouldn't have to put up with this. There are health issues involving women where if they have a problem with their pregnancy or if the fetus or whatever embryo develops a problem during the pregnancy that makes it, um, well, it's not going to survive. It's going to die. If it doesn't have a brain or if it doesn't have lungs or whatever, it's going to die. And in some cases, things happen where it actually can cause the mother to die. And the recommended medical procedure in some of those cases is to abort the embryo or abort the fetus to save the mother. And that's illegal in some Republican states. So if you are of childbearing age, if you're a woman, or if you are married to a woman who's of childbearing age, or you have a daughter, if there's a problem, and unfortunately it does happen, if you're in a red state, uh, you better hope that you have the funds and the time to get on a plane or hop in a car and go someplace where she can get the medical care that she needs because if she's in a red state, they're going to pretty much let her die, I guess. And we've already begun to hear a lot of horror stories involving pregnancies. And there are some lawsuits that are being filed. But that's cruel. It's cruel to make a 10-year-old girl endure a pregnancy when she was raped. That's cruel. They're putting children, uh, 12, 13, 14-year-old kids to work in some states, doing uh, jobs like uh, scrubbing the floors in a slaughterhouse. Yeah, that's a nice job for a 14-year-old kid. How concerned are they really about your children? They're allowing you to send your kids off to school every day, knowing that you may never see your kid again because it could be killed. Your kid could be killed. They don't care. Stop voting for these people. They're not doing anything to help you. Student loan debt. Um, do you understand that if we could eliminate some of this debt for some of these people, that they would be able to go out and do things that might help your business? If you have a restaurant, they might be able to go out and eat in your restaurant. Or if you have a car dealership, maybe they'd be able to buy a car from you. Or furniture or whatever. Maybe they could take a cruise 
or take a trip where it would uh, they would book uh, a week in your resort. It all trickles up, folks. The people at the top, the oligarchs that control our politicians, mostly the ones on the right, but there are some on the left that are just as corrupt. We need to uh, understand that these oligarchs control these politicians. They bribe them with money. And it's legal because the Supreme Court said so. That's something else we got to fix. Money is not free speech. Corporations are not people. And if you tell somebody, I need you to do so-and-so, and here's a $500,000 vacation, or here's a <laughs> campaign contribution, or whatever, it's a bribe. And it ought to be illegal, and they ought to be removed from their seats, and they ought to be put in jail. And until the American people put their foot down and say, we've had enough of this crap, it's going to continue. And in the meantime, they're taking rights away from people. And you may think, oh, well, it's just women now, and uh, it's just black people, and it's just gay people. Eventually, they'll get around to something that's important to everybody, and they'll take it away. And if you wait until that happens to you, you waited too long because it's really hard to get those rights back. We have a thing in the Constitution about equal protection. Uh, do gay people have equal protection in Colorado and around the country now? They want a website designed? No, they don't. And it won't stop there. And with that, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate your time. And I'm going to try to get back on a schedule. I'm really, really, really out of practice since I haven't done this for so long and I wasn't that great to start with. <laughs> anyway, uh, I hope uh, the sound audio is better. I think the mic settings got changed. I'll have to play with those a little bit as well. But uh, it is uh, right now, it is currently um, Saturday, July 1st. Happy July 1st. And uh, I'm going to get this published tonight, probably. And I do plan on recording another episode tomorrow. So stay tuned. And again, I thank you for your time. Hope you have a great weekend unless you have other plans. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy. And I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Mm -hmm.